to my Brian Luke Show, Today we're again joined by Don Dooley to discuss what is art and why is SJW art so bad? Um, what prompted this episode is, is the uh, recent change in um, the uh, media and stories and stuff, particularly over the last, say, seven or eight years or so, in which a lot of mainstream sort of Hollywood stuff and comics and host, host of sort of um, TV uh, stories and things are really, really pushing like, an obvious sort of social justice agenda. And almost all the stuff, if not all of it, is is just really, really bad. So um, I thought it would be interesting um, to discuss, you know, what actually is art to begin with, because, again, it's quite a, a general term. And then discuss in particular, what is it about sort of social justice uh inflected art which means it is actually just bad art um so um don over to you um what would you consider uh, art to be well i i think uh art is as we talked before this sort of like the more formal kind of art and uh you know like the practical arts like fork making guitar making whatever but i think for the point of this discussion we should probably focus more on um, what most people might think of when they consider art, which would be things like uh, painting or movies or uh, novels or th and things of that nature. Um, and I, we should, if we can, try to just focus more on, I, th I think, narrative form of art, just because that's maybe the easiest or and to focus on one example. Uh, even though I think when you look at it, uh, you you will see some things like you might have to when talking about the history bring in like uh, paintings from uh, like the Dadaists to uh, talk about a narrative form of art and in later times just because of philosophical background. But ultimately, I, I would say the the quickest definition of art is it's a uh, it's a very sensual uh, look at beauty. So like maybe the way I don't know ethics would deal with good math might deal with truth you know art is something that deals with beauty and then the classic example or the classic more classic definition of art is and aesthetics is it's something objective and in more recent times uh say the 19th century that's come under attack what that seem yeah i i think that seems uh broadly fair i mean art in general is is well i mean i, I would say in a sense art is mainly sort of capital in an economic sense that is it's a mixture of land and labor i mean art is merely an artifact it is something that's human made now uh, now that's a very broad definition mentioned like forks and stuff and there are uh, aspects of sort of um art of uh, practical arts and like building and whatever which are beautiful in a sense but that's not really what people typically think uh, when it comes to art as such um but i think it is worth at least noting but I, I i do agree i think that the main point here i think is probably most interesting to focus on uh is um narrative uh art uh because i think that is probably the most influential although i do remember listening to someone claiming that architecture was actually the most influential because you saw it all the time uh but uh leaving that aside um 
narrative art so like literature film tv theater audio plays comics etc um that's sort of the the area which we are interested in and, and i would agree the kind of the the aspects of beauty although as of any of the three goodness beauty and truth beauty was always sort of the the most um difficult to define you have general statements like harmony and form and things but it's it's not really like truth doesn't correspond to reality or good you know fulfilling the nature of something so um i think um yes it's to do with beauty and i think yes for the purposes of this we're, we're best focusing on uh narrative art um so on to the sort of uh history of narrative you mentioned in the early 19th century uh, could you develop uh what you were mentioned before don about how things have started to change in the 19th century uh yeah the, the 19th century uh I, I, pr- probably most of your listeners know like that's one of the more revolutionary uh philosophical and political times that we've lived in, then we're still very much under its shadow. If you go back, you know, m- many of the debates we have today were are pretty much already formed uh, in the 19th century, much like a lot of philosophy. If you go back there, you could look at a bunch of Greeks, and they, they're kind of talking about the same thing. But uh, I think, for me, uh, one of the most critical times in the 19th century, just because it's it's just such a good bellwether point, and I know a bit about it, is the Russian literature and how uh, how that started to develop. So when you think about, you know, the big names, Tolstoy, Dostoevsky, all that, we're talking about that era, that golden age. And it started with uh, um, a lot of that was a reaction, a big part of what a big part of what Russian literature was, was a reaction to a group of uh, political radicals called, they were technically called nihilists. That was their name. And by nihilists, they were men who uh, believed in utilitarianism, materialism as the explanation for all things. They would level in aesthetic, in the aesthetic realm, they would say there is nothing object, there is no real aesthetics or, uh, you know, beauty is frivolous. Uh, a, a frivolous definition of a privileged class. Uh, all things will be judged on uh, how things affect society now. Um, and the biggest names in that are, are men like uh, Pizarov uh, and Chernichevsky, who uh, he wrote a book called uh, What is to be Done? This is might be famous for uh, a very famous Lenin speech that led to uh, in, uh, really the uprise of Bolshevism. And it's also famous, if, you, if you've if you ever read Notes from Underground by Dostoevsky, it's al- his underground man is almost a refutation of what uh, uh, this, uh, what is to be done novel, novel is about. And the, the novel itself is, the actual central novel is about a, a girl who is, you know, born into maybe a strict, uh, parentage and she gradually gets liberated and then at the end uh, she dreams of something called the crystal palace which i think you swithin have seen my avatar there's a chicago painting called the crystal palace uh and it's a uh, it's it's like this big crystal palace where all the world is one and uh because of rational egoism you know the world's problems get solved and that is what is to be done with the world and the entire point of the novel it's not to be a, a good at writing it is to teach a social social message and that that in a snapshot is 
really like this is what was lighting Russia up at the time and much of literature to a uh, in, in the world to a smaller degree, though, you don't get it at like this this like crystalline point where all of a sudden it matters reading Hegel, Feuerbach, Stirner, uh, Schiller, all these like big names. Uh, and it has political consequences. And this is what the artists at the time, you know, got shoved down their throat due to uh politicalization of art and saying that art was ultimately there to serve social needs and it was utilitarian. I think that's a fair uh, change. In um, in England, you don't particularly have that, although you do have the sort of social uh, novel in a different sense. Uh, the obvious example there being Dickens, um, which is sort of a sort of social critique but at the same time, actually being vaguely good uh, as um, as a story. And so in a way, you have um, another group in the left in general, which are the um, you could call them to some extent, the left liberals in some respect. Would I call that of um, of uh, Dickens? I'm not entirely sure who who kind of care about art to some extent uh, and they believe it's actually you know, there's good and sort of like bad art. They're not uh, relativists in that sense, but it's certainly you could say is um, of um, of the left. And that's kind of continues through the 19th century um, until you get. Well, we don't get there yet, um, but then you get people like in the early 20th century in England, you get. Um, uh, H.G. Wells, um, Bernard Shaw, um, then there's oh the guy who wrote of mice and men who I can't remember his name, um, and you get these Steinbeck. early twenties Steinbeck yes that's him the early twentieth century sort of they're socialists uh, or at least they consider themselves socialists but they're not sort of like the radical utilitarians uh, when it comes to um, the nature uh, of uh, art, at least, at least that's not my uh, impression of uh, their works. Although there is a fork um, in sort of the uh, history of narrative art, which starts. Oh, uh, now I don't know if it starts here, but you do get this in, uh, for example, Ulysses from uh, James Joyce, um, which was. 1922 uh you do get a uh, a more of a big difference and distinction between sort of high and low art and this sort of um, makes sort of like quite a big change to some extent in the way it's uh viewed critically from sort of like this time period on don would you could you elaborate on sort of the, the influence not necessarily of Ulysses per se but of um the approach to narrative that comes out of it and sort of like the distinction high and low art from that period on in the 20th century. Yeah, I, I, I agree that there is uh, there's so so that 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 nihilist that uh, pure propaganda route is uh, one uh, core of when, when we uh, when we get to talk about left wing propaganda and art. Um, but then other things start to form, like you said, late in the, the 19th century. And here's where you don't even have to bring in. Um, uh, paintings real quick is like when you talk about Dadaists and so forth, that that it's early modernism 
and then you also have postmodernism. But what they both have in common is they are abstract and they are almost consciously, especially the modernism, is consciously trying to separate from the masses, as it were, where I would say in general beforehand, I mean, you hear like, I don't know, some French king liking really abstract like ballet stuff in the, you know, pre-revolution. But for the most part, you know, art was, you know, a great Michelangelo painting could only say so much uh, abstractly, even though there's a lot of symbolism there. But even, uh, you know, your average church going commoner might have gotten a lot of that. So it's it's in the it's in the modern, more modern times where you start to get a separation of that. And you also probably get, um, I would, uh, you know, just a, a different temperament in general with uh, hardcore, if we're here because we're, we're focusing on the left, left-wing propagandists who would, uh, you know, like nowadays, you know, they might promote doing drugs for liberation or something like that. This would have been anathema to, say, the 19th century, uh, you know, Bakunin or whoever uh, is or Trinitesky who's writing, you know, this, these guys were very like monkish kind of men. Um, and I agree as well, just uh, on, on the last point that the English for the most English speaking world, for the most part, developed quite differently. You had to actually be good at, at, at what you did. And that was a, 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 a key feature. And then probably with the abstractions, it's, 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 it's going to be different to difficult to say in modernism like no doubt James Joyce has talent and uh, and again these guys are not necessarily left wing it's just how that gets incorporated into all this uh it, it it's just did, did a modern I'm trying to think of like who the ultimate modernist left wing propaganda writer is in like the before the you know 1900 and 1950s and there's like an Umpton St. Clair but He's kind of more classic what I was talking about, and I can't think of really anybody off the top of my head. Maybe you can, Swithin, but like Eisenstein with Battleship Potemkin potentially. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's 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 uh, that's modernism. You know, you have an excellent movie that requires uh, a very much uh, very real form. And uh, yeah, then the uh, three penny opera again, you know, it's these are things that have uh, that require talent. And then you get a little later into the postmodernism, which, you know, again, in the early 1900s probably draws from like Dadism and stuff like that. That's where it comes really fuzzy. And then hippie movements where you're, you uh, you know, doing drugs and, uh, um you know, then the pop culture also like starts to, to like are the Beatles high art? Are they low art? You know, were before in the 1950s, Eisenstein would have been seen as, you know, the elites would have watched that just fine. So I don't. Yeah, it's a, it's that's I think where the fork is. What do you think? Well, I think you get a um, uh, with sort of high and low art. Um, I think with the influence of postmodernism to some extent of uh, Nietzscheanism, not so much Sternerism, but there's obviously a link. Um, and then you get the more overt sort of postmodernist uh, writers um, uh, later, say, in the 20th century. Obviously, Derrida would be a, a clear reference point, um, is that uh, people think that um, 
there isn't really any true narrative that exists and all narrative form is kind of kitsch it's related to the um the disdain to some extent of tonalism in music um so things like serialism although serialism is interesting because it's considered sort of a hyper modernist form of uh music rather than a uh, a postmodern form um but there's in a way that there's a disdain for sort of melody in a way in music in higher art circles you get the the, the belief that narrative is is sort of doesn't really exist in that way i mean and a good example uh, of it and this is all linked to sort of like the death of god and sort of the rise of atheism um as well so i mean a good example of this would be say uh, ingmar bergman's the silence uh, not to be confused with martin scorsese's silence um in which the whole point is it's supposed to be completely absurd uh, and um, there is very little narrative cohesion in it whatsoever. It's almost like, uh, is, oh, is it like a Jackson Pollock painting? That's probably slightly unfair, but it, 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 it's, it's getting that way. And um, you, and, and, th and this is, I think, where the critics can tend to go in sort of like the uh, 50s onwards. But this is sort of the high narrative, the high sort of story artist, sort of anti-story um it's um it would be primarily about sort of the subjective um experience and about character and not really about narrative as such i mean there's something you may come to later as well but the, the way i would i think in narrative in general you can distinguish between sort of like um plot character and theme plot being like what literally happens what people why are people doing what they're doing are they going from a to b you know, character, you know, what are their motivations for doing so? And thinking, you know, what are the ideas expressed? And it seems still today that if you have sort of self-consciously artistic art, um, sort of stories, um, what they care most about is character and then theme, and then plot really doesn't matter. I remember uh, someone interview Paul Thomas Anderson about the master, and, it, and he goes, well, what's the plot? And he's like, well... We haven't got very much. We've got lots of character. Um, now, The Master isn't actually a terrible film. It's actually reasonably interesting in certain respects. But I do think that's an interesting um, approach, as it were, uh, from at least in that film, I said, um, for things to focus on, on um, character. But I, I think you get sort of the anti-narrativism, as it were, filters through. I think Dadaism is an interesting point in respect to art, well, I think painting. Um, and this sort of filters through uh in the uh narrative arts and so then sort of like um so most obviously narrative narratives of low story art is then sort of like and to some extent looked down on um and um isn't really you know serious or or, or of particular interest um i think that's how uh that sort of tends to go um but then I think you get an increase in interest to some extent in narrative in sort of a high art circles, um, but with the knowingness that, oh, it's really just sort of kitsch and um, it, it's 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 no, this is just silliness, really. Um, so I, I think that's where you end up with the more overtly postmodern stuff, probably from the uh, 80s. Uh, onwards.
Would you think that's a fair summary of that, Dom? Yeah, yeah. Thanks for bailing me. I completely shut out film when I was rambling, and that's like a great time to, great thing to focus on in like modernism. But what you were saying, I don't. It's a maybe a slight tangent, but when you think about like, uh, like the highbrow versus like you know kitsch with the uh, the narratives, I, I I thought in my mind like that might explain like the leftists uh, kind of fascination with like the most base kind of bible interpretations but they're doing like the most abstract form of theology if you hear the uh hear them talk in uh their academic circles i I don't know if you know what i'm talking about there Uh, not entirely give me a bit more meat um so you you know you'll you'll have you ever heard one of those bible translations where you know it's just it, it is brought down to like it's just really, really, really watered down, and I unfortunately can't think of one. Oh, like, like the message. Cut. Yes, like the, the message. message or something. Perfect. And example. then you have even worse. Was it the word on the street or something, which is some sort of like street interpretation? Yes. And like these that. are heavily, heavily promoted by kind of an academic circle. But also, if you read these, you know, these these academics going back and forth, it's like as obtruse as Hegel and Foucault. In fact, they use that language quite a bit. That's that's all I'm saying with the uh, when they take the narrative form, it's going to get watered down. And then when they're when they actually care, um, you know, they're, they're talking back in their very abstract kind of language. And that's just that's sort of where we are now, I think. And I I think that's what you were pointing out i just thought bible translations with academics is a great example of that uh, oh yeah because because you make like hang on this isn't actually what it says oh no but it gives this sort of meaning or or whatever you know we're aiding the 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 uh the, the reader along uh to make sure we, they agree with our sort of bizarre theological readings of things yeah that's entirely um, right and you could even go back again to like those 19th century guys. It's like, you know, the guy who wrote uh, What Is To Be Done understands he's not writing great, great stuff. He's writing stuff that anybody can read while still like talking Hegel to his friends. It's like the same, you know, same kind of concept there. Um, but, yeah, I uh, you were talking about um, – the, the the fact that narrative and melody are seen as ult- ultimately like kitsch and it's 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 in a way I think it's that that might be one of the problems with beauty is when intellectuals get a hold of it like you, you at the end of the day I mean I'm of a school of thought that says the work itself is irreducible if it's not just write a, a flipping essay on some on the rights of women or whatever. Um, but but at the end of the day, it, it, this might also be a problem with the modern intellectual is like, as we talked about earlier, is beauty is is in a way the most elusive of the three transcendentals and probably in also a way the, the weak. Uh, it, it's going to it's got the least amount of defense against attacks via, you know, pure intellectual or propaganda. Uh, and that's, I think, maybe one of the problems of our time. Uh, Swithin. Yeah, yeah, I, I think certainly it, it is because there's always, you know, the beauty is in the eye of the beholder. I mean, it's obviously that there's obvious that there are, it's a way, it is more subjective than the other two in certain respects, which, which doesn't mean that it's completely subjective. 
but rather it is uh, significantly more difficult um, to um, to defend, especially if you basically believe that the universe is just matter in motion that can be sort of reconstituted in any way you see fit. Um, but um, just 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 to finish the uh, history, as it were, uh, you get um, with sort of like TV and film, you get a, a, a increasing uh, sort of leftism uh, socially to some extent from sort of the 90s onwards. Uh, that seems to be when sort of um, feminist narratives to some extent become more mainstream um, in the uh, things. And then also you get um, the... So the Simpsons is a good example. This is where you get sort of like the um, deadbeat, useless dad um, trope, which appears, I think, in the 90s. In the 80s, uh, that was not really there. I'm thinking here of maybe the Cosby show, and Bill Cosby is kind of a decent guy, uh, ironically. Um, and, um, yeah, you, you get the kind of very sort of like leftist, well, sort of feminists and broadly cultural leftist stuff in the 90s. But again, though, it still seems to be broadly, you know, artistic, you know, is actually good. I mean, like the early seasons of The Simpsons, for example, are actually funny. No, it's comedy and it makes you laugh. It succeeds. Um, um, and then the SJWism stuff has been really, really sort of uh, hitting you over the head. Probably only starts probably less than 10 years ago. Um, what do you think on that, Don? Is that, uh, that, that sort of more, more recent history to get us to where we are now it, is, is fair? Yeah, it really, I mean, again, like hopefully people can get from our history, like there's like these three or four, you know, streams that kind of add up together. But as far as, you know, the golden age of SJWism, I think we're in the, Possible, hopefully, in the eye of the hurricane, it'll pass soon. But it, it seems to be, if I had to put like an error on it, it's it's like the streaming generation, the Netflix generation. I, I'm trying to think of, again, you can name like, I think we talked about maybe Modern Family, even though I don't think any of us are familiar with it. But again, I think if we were to watch that, you'd still laugh enough and, and it's, it's talented enough. But like to not care about talent and to only give you know, the feminist interpretation of, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, Catherine the Great for, a t you know, and like, I know exactly what that humor is going to be. I know exactly how she's going to act. Um, that's, yeah, because I don't think, I don't even think Homer Simpson is probably more competent than most of the men they will portray. Uh, I, I was almost going to say at least white men, but they tend to portray black men as, oh, I don't know. Black and Muslim men, I think, get effeminized quicker than a white man. White men are just evil. So I don't know what's I mean, I guess I don't know what's worse. Um, but, yeah, that's a past uh, like 10 year thing. And uh, it, I, I want to say it started before Trump, but I do think Trump possibly accelerated that. Uh, what do you think, Swithin? I think Trump probably was a bit of a reaction uh, and they went into overdrive. But it was certainly uh earlier i think than that uh you could um cite or whether this is causative is another question but it seems very much to be accelerate after sort of the supreme court um basically legalizes gay marriage in all 
uh, the US states. And that's actually pretty soon, not much different to the, the UK change um, with that. Now we say whether that's causing or not, but I don't know, maybe that's seen as a cultural victory for the cultural left and then they decide it's open season. I, I think that's, for example, where pride goes crazy and is everywhere because I think prior to like five, six years ago, it was still a relatively small event. Um, well, now, now it's nice to be corporate event. Um, so that's, um, I, I think, it's, it's kind of really um, started. Um, but um, yeah, and that's right. I think that's a sort of a fair. I mean, I wouldn't know when to. I mean, you could obviously probably point to SJW sort of like um, films or stories earlier than say 2014. But they certainly are massively more um, sort of overt in sort of the, the cultural leftist um, stuff. I mean, for example, you get way more trannies and stuff now than you would do historically. And they just sort of shoved in for the sake of being there. Um, that was in, oh, the Netflix series, the OA, which is not that old, a like number of years old. Uh, and um, they, And then you go for the whole oh, nobody is married to anybody of the same race. Same with advertising. Uh, but that, as I say, that seems to be, as I say, the last 10 years, seven years, probably. Um, so I think that's sort of a fair sort of uh, genealogy as such. But then the question arises, though, what is it about SJW art and stories, which is, in fact, so bad? Because I, I do think a lot of people see this and go, yeah, this is kind of bad. So what is it you think in general about sort of the SJW approach to art, which means that it's kind of bad? Well, I, I think as, uh, you know, one of the philosophical bases that we talked about earlier is they don't have any particular uh, objective criteria of aesthetics. <laughs> it is for, it's kind of funny and I... It is at once they are they have that Nietzschean <laughs> probably closer to uh, last man kind of stuff, but like uh, you know that you cannot uh, don't don't criticize me uh, you can't criticize me because everything's subjective and on the other hand everything is also a uh, there for social reasons so you know one of the famous things is like in comic books today. It's definitely it's it's it, you are hired because of your identity. You write things very much based off of, uh, um, you know, what what promotes a, a progressive message. And, you know, 90 percent of pe of the superheroes now are like, uh, I don't know, transsexual Muslim women uh, who are also black. Why not? And, you know, it's, it's essentially like lesbian workshopism because that's like the, the highest thing on the, the hierarchy at the moment for SJW. So it's not based off talent because no talent is recognized. There is the objectivity of it is there are a progressive, uh, a, pro a certain view of a progressive worldview and also the subjectivity of there's no criteria on other criteria on which to judge this. And that's that's where I think we're at as this is it's propaganda and it's highly subject uh, sub relativized propaganda. At, and uh, I think that's the world we're dealing with. And that's what makes very bad art. If you believe 
art can be judged with any kind of criteria. What do you think, Swithin? Yeah, I, I do think there's that. Although I think one of the interesting things is you have the critical class sort of getting behind uh, the sort of SJW stuff, um, which I think relates to sort of like the, the sort of the kitsch stuff. Uh, is that um, they all kind of think that oh, like narrative stuff is kind of like lowbrow to a large extent. What you need is the abstract stuff because that's where the real art is. But because they are cultural leftists and sort of like the mainstream uh, narrative stuff is sort of all behind it, they then go and bat for them in a serious way. So a good example of this, or well, contrast, would be um, the original Star Wars of from '77. And the last Jedi, Jedi. Oh, interestingly, uh, 40 years later in 2017, um, the critical class based, largely poo-pooed Star Wars and kind of thought it wouldn't do very well. I mean, it went up against, um, yes, it went up against Sorcerer, which is a large budget William Freakin film based on the uh, remake of Grapes of Wrath, I think. And uh, it went up against Star Wars uh, at the time, seven seven, and obviously Star Wars massacred it. But, you know, it was, but, but, you know, Star Wars considered, you know, it's kitsch, you know, it's, it's Buck, not Buck Rogers, sorry, um, Flash Gordon with a bigger budget, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it was kind of looked down on the critical class. But then you get The Last Jedi uh, in 2017 and everybody comes out to bat for it. And everybody who thinks it's a bad film is an evil misogynist and is, is, is probably some form of right wing terrorist. Um, I, I do think that is interesting because, in a way, those are the people who are um, facilitating this change. And I think it's to some extent of the postmodern approach is that you know narrative is kind of like just really worthless. So we just want to make it socially useful, and we can um, and so it's defensible on that background because otherwise, it's, you know, you could never do anything with Star Wars anyway. So as long as it's socially useful, then that that that's fine. Tim, uh, you've been quiet for a while. Um, any comments? I agree with much of what you're saying. I, the, when you say postmodernists, um, I, I um, somewhat shrivel at that because what you're describing is they're not really a social justice warrior is not really a postmodernist. Someone, well, it's complicated. But anyone who believes in justice, by definition, I'd argue, uh, can't be postmodernist because if in if you, if you try to understand it, then justice is just a social construct, so it doesn't exist. Um, so, so by definition, they don't really live up to their, you know, no narrative, nothing exists except what we say, because nothing is moral except what we say is moral. Um, you know, and progressive Christians do the same thing. They'll say that hell doesn't exist. It's just a social construct to scare people to follow the ruling class. But, you know, then they'll say hell exists for, you know, the Nuremberg trial or some homophobe or whatever they'll say well hell of course hell exists for those people so i don't really think they're real postmodernists so which which comes back to my question of what exactly is the purpose of art um the sjwr i would say is to you know further the egalitarian movement that that would be the if i would describe what the purpose of the star wars uh, movie and they are quite terrible at doing that um it's interesting that like the older art like the 1960s Paul Gottfried was talking about this. They have like these film codes. Interestingly enough, they have to sort of like conform them to um, certain uh, standards. Um, so like, I, I, you know, but that, that's that's 
which makes them by definition, in some ways, they have to sort of tell a story. Um, so my question here is like, what exactly my, I would say is the purpose of that art is to change the culture into a more, you know, sort of march to the culture. It's a sort of left-wing culture attack here. So, which, which by definition means they're not post-modernists. Um, and I'll also point out that like, I view Foucault as a friend, not a friend in a literal sense, but um, he's a, Jacobin's written articles criticizing him as, he, 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 you know, he's going to, he's, he's right-wing in a sense, postmodern conservative, you'd call him. That's what Jacobin would call him. Um, so I, I am, I'm sort of, I do agree it's bad art, but I, I think they do have a clear purpose. Um, it's to get there, what they view as further the revolution. Um, so would you guys agree with that? Um, and if so, then that, then I think it's not really postmodernistic. Swithin or... Don, any comments? Can I, can I go real quick? Go. Sure. All right. So uh, for when you say postmodernist, uh, one, I think Swift and I are kind of being pretty loose with the term. And on one hand, it's it's a uh, um, just an artistic like modernism and postmodernism are artistic movements as well as uh, philosophical thoughts. And while it is true that you will, uh, we're kind of using them interchangeably because I think just today's SJW, whether it's a contradiction or not, which would be an interesting conversation of why they're using Nietzsche and Marx and Foucault and so forth, but I think they just they just do. Where the contradictions lie, as you say, about like the progressive Christian who uh, will say hell doesn't exist unless you're a homophobe, then it might like very, you know, that's just where they're at, and I, that's that's pretty much my counter to your postmodern uh, objection. What do you think? I would say when I was saying postmodern, I was meaning in the sense that, well, primarily in a narrative sense, that really there is no sort of grand narrative of any description in the world as such. Um, uh, it's not in the world and any, any narrative is sort of um, imposed upon the world and um, consequently uh, narrative is sort of like less important uh, and that's why all the abstract stuff is interesting but so then the question is well are the SJWs actually postmodernists in that sense well I suppose you could claim not insofar as um they think that there you could claim although they don't necessarily claim that there's some sort of objective uh a pr a history of oppression of the uh the powerful against the weak and we want to defend the minority so you could say that's subjective or you could potentially say well that's just their subjective position which they think is true uh and so well they're just going to bat for it because they think it's true even though it might not be or there's no way of determining that Either way, what I think is interesting in my major point here is um, the um, the downplaying of narrative and the importance of narrative film and story and stuff in the critical class has allowed the critical class to get on board with some really terrible stories because they're socially useful, because they themselves don't think that narrative is important in and of itself and is really a major part of um what would make good um sort of good sort of uh, 
as art as it were even as it were narrative art because what, what the only thing that's really uh, true of narrative is 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 internal subjective experience and the narrative you tell yourself or or, or whatever narrative you can tell from the sort of first person um s- subjective approach rather than a more sort of uh, outside of their sort of third person uh view of things so I would say that what I'm saying here is I, I, I think there's a, a confluence between sort of like the intellectual postmodernists and the SJWs. And so because they are on board with their uh, social agenda, for whatever reason, uh, the wonder, real true sort of, sort of um, SJWs, they, they, they kind of got support from the critical class. That would be my claim. I want to add, I think modern art, as in like like the railway state, like the, the I think one of the tallest buildings in this in the Russian Federation Soviet Union is, is the university building. That's a beautiful looking building. Um, Sean Gab was on talking about Eastern European like Soviet realist art. I think like like the Soviet. See that this is one of the things the Marxists and the postmoderns. Marx wrote a big attack on Max Stirner in one of his thing. Um, and so the Marxists and the postmoderns don't get along. And but the, the Marxists are sort of like properly viewed are sort of somewhat Christian anyway. They have a story. Um, they tell a story for their higher stage. Um, now that story, the, the actual happenings didn't go that way. Um, the actual, you know, the actual Soviet Union is sort of a conservative society anyway, after a certain date. Um, so I, so like the Eastern European, like the sort of the, the monument um, in, uh, 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 oh, Stalingrad, a big, uh, like a big hundred, monument uh, and that could show up in ancient greece too i mean that wouldn't look that wouldn't look out of place that kind of stuff looks good um a lot of like you know the sort of explicitly that that kind of modern art i think there's some stuff in new york city uh there's a oh i forget there's a guy there's a guy who's designed houses that are modernistic real modern art i think is actually quite interesting uh mold bug and my, uh, uh curtis yvonne and michael malice was recently on the podcast together and he was saying that like yeah putting a few piece of postmodern type modern type you know steel frame buildings in old neighborhoods looks nice and novel uh, whether you want your whole thing to look like that is a some question but I, I would say that looks quite good but the I, I totally agree that the shoving down your throat of the sort of um, you see it in advertisement of the the bad man uh, that's I to, I totally agree with that um, but I I do think they're telling the story of what they believe. They believe that men suck or they believe that whites suck. Uh, one of those two things. Um, whether they believe that women and blacks are better, which would be the hidden theory behind it, gives us some question. Uh, that that's, you know, is the villain of most mo- movies um, um, a white guy? And is the good guy, is the good, pro- you know, the protagonist, a you know female Palestinian Muslim, uh, you know that that would be probably a triple bingo or something like that. Um, so now the sort of the sort of anti-narrative people never actually sort of follow through with um with with their plans in my in my view. They do it quite poorly. And I think that's a good thing. I think it, the fact that it's bad art. From my understanding, a lot of these movies that you're talking about don't actually do that well in the box office. Uh, I, at least I, I at least I think so. So th- that that's my my general view toward this stuff. Um, I'm well aware that other people watch this stuff and I can't entirely insulate myself from this. Um, but this is where 
my sort of a philistine a culturalness is probably a feature especially in times of bad art uh so what do you guys make of that um in, in the, the sort of they're sort of i just view them as contradictions sorry that that's that's my problem here it's bad art i agree it's terrible well i think swithin's point about it's the the uh because you were saying they don't do good at the box office or oh well first off i just want to say that when i'm talking about modernism or postmodernism, I, I do think that there's nothing inherently political about either of those two nor bad um like stravinsky is one of my favorite composers he's a modernist you know to the hilt um but um as far as like the, the, you still have this the the class kind of divide of the uh the critic and the uh just the, the the crap that they don't mind putting out to the masses and it, it is uh there is a certain probably cultural entrenchment of that uh you know to where like i think the people who kind of despair that there is no it box office failure doesn't actually it can only do so much if if you really do kind of have uh, an ideology and power. It would probably be the same. I don't know. Say if if uh, Islam or a Christian theocracy or whatever had control, um, and they really wanted to push something, you could you could have so many failures, and it could last quite a bit just due to um, uh, uh, ideological uh, concerns. Uh, Swithin, anything? Um, I would yeah, I, I would agree. There's not necessarily anything political per se um, with uh, the postmodern and the uh, modernist. Um, I would just, and, and I would agree that the true sort of postmodernist can't really be uh, an, an SJW um, of sorts. And I, I, I do think that's that is uh, the case if they're being sort of consistent, unless of course they just go, well, it's objective, so I don't care, which of course is in principle a postmodernist position one could take. Um, I was just thinking to change this slightly uh, to focus on exactly you know what it is about. Uh, the SJW stuff, which is just really bad. Um, now, I suppose in principle, you could have a good work of art or story, which is um, and which has sort of like an SJW theme of sorts. Although I will temper that in a second. I mean, it is possible. For them to do plot well and character well and then pepper it with uh, sort of social justice themes. I think that in principle is possible. However, I think the main problem with the SJW types is a theme is an overriding concern because it's kind of art is just socially useful. It's, the goal of the art isn't, as it were, beauty. Uh, in a sense, um, theme becomes more important and in a way mirrors some of the terrible Christian film stuff, which is all about, oh, we'll have a conversion scene. That's what it builds up to. And it's like, eh, it's kind of not justified by the narrative. Um, but that's the whole kind of point. In the same way, the SAW one, always the point because the, the women spelt with a Y, uh, you know, beat the patriarchy. You know, it's it's the same kind of. Uh, thing which is um kind of what you so what the problem i think is here is there is little nuance at all in sjw stuff 
is they can't conceive of like people well maybe they can but they don't put it in their stories of a character uh who is sort of against their view but isn't kind of like really horrible uh so for instance um a good example of this ed phaser brought up was in the uh with woody allen i think it was in oh was it crimes and misdemeanors i'm not sure which but in one of his his works from the 70s or 80s it has a uh, a rabbi character who is kind of portrayed in relatively decent ways of a moral guy he's kind of like a a good influence on sort of his local community but ultimately you know he's wrong because atheism is true because it's a woody allen film um but woody allen sort of recognizes that sort of nuance in his work which the sjw stuff simply um doesn't and i think this is why for instance they may have got in on the act of like um action adventure stuff like star wars which is very sort of like the good and evil because it fits in very nicely um uh with their um very sort of black and white um approach to things i would also say though in addition though when i say with with theme i think one of the problems with uh well there's an interesting question as to what extent uh morality but also reality as it were um impacts narrative uh, so what i mean by impact i mean how much can a story be unreal in such a way that it's actually bad now what do i mean um i mean is it bad to have things in stories that don't exist well no clearly not you can have ships that travel at light speed and stuff and that that's unreal but it isn't necessarily bad but there are things which, if you don't sort of justify them in a story that are, that are very sort of against sort of reality, it doesn't really work. So a good example, going back to The Last Jedi, uh, is um, Rey is an amazing Jedi, despite never being trained. And then is trained um, by, well, isn't really trained by Luke because he doesn't, can't be bothered. Uh, but then she's amazing for no reason at all except that she's a strong female character and therefore is awesome. And it's just like, but hang on, that doesn't, that doesn't um, conform to reality. It is untrue. It's almost fantasy in that sense. It's like stuff that clearly can't happen. It's almost in a similar vein uh, to, I've never read them, but I know that their existence is the Fifty Shades of Grey series. But Christian Grey is somehow some great sort of female fantasy figure he's like really good looking he's he's been in his late 20s or early 30s he's somehow a billionaire as well he's amazing at the piano he can fly a helicopter he's basically amazing at everything for no apparent reason um now of course you can justify characters being amazing with like superpowers and stuff which is fine uh you you can do that kind of thing but once you don't kind of justify it in sort of uh in a narrative sense you've kind of given up the game. I mean, it, it, this is sort of fantasy as well. It's just wish fulfillment. It isn't actually um, art uh, in any meaningful, in any good sense. Um, and that's why I think to a large extent uh, they produce poor stories. And I do think, as, as Tim pointed out, they do badly at the box office. I mean, The Last Jedi did well, but nowhere near as well as they wanted to, which is why, and I haven't seen the third of this trilogy because the second one was so bad and the first one was very good anyway um that um they they basically retcon the whole thing to try and appease the um the the paying uh punter 
So there is um, sort of hope, and it were in, in that sense, uh, all these sort of things, but they do seem to keep churning them out. Uh, Don, do you, any comments on my analysis of why the SJW stuff is bad? Uh, I, I think that's, you know, again, pretty spot on. I, I was actually trying to think in my head, like, is there, is there actually a good SJW like work right now? And in comics, there probably are, like, I, I'm because they turn them out so much. I, I believe I heard of one called Saga. I don't know anything about it. Um, but and then I was thinking, well, maybe Game of Thrones because it hijacked the end, but it still when it when it starts to hijack, it gets pretty bad. Um, then the other thing I was thinking about, and I'll I'll see I'll see where where you could take this, but if you were to let a five year old you know, kid who probably needs like Ritalin or something, tell a story, you know, and he's going to tell a story about like dinosaur riding ninjas, you know, slaughtering pirates or whatever uh, with the Wolfman. Why not? There's something more, more natural about uh, his storytelling. Cause he just wants to like, write What's totally awesome. than, than you know, what an SJW was doing with their on reality. Um, like there, there's, there's some more, I mean, as bad and horrible as you don't want to hear that story, it, it, there, there's something more genuine about this guy just wanting to tell something totally sweet than a, a SJW uh, trying to give you a, uh, you know, like this ham-fisted message. And, and like you said, it's unnatural. And if you look at comics, and neither Stanley or Jack Kirby made Wolverine, but because you know, of, of the natural evolution of how you do these characters, it's like, yeah, this guy, he's got unbreakable adamantium claws, and one day he's going to fight a Norse god named Thor um, with a magic hammer, but who can't break his bones. And somehow that works, you know, because that is it, even in a, well, a, a more evolutionary, because it's comic books world, like, you've got to figure out how that works. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Swithin? Yeah. I- I think the sort of Norse god beating Wolverine kind of makes more sense because it's it's kind of you have the differential powers and you can see why someone's more powerful than somebody else, even though it's kind of a, a weird sort of abstraction. The, the kid doing it is kind of fine. I mean, because the kids just kind of do stuff he thinks is cool. And I, and I think you do get that. Some some writers do stuff because it's cool. You know, I think actually a good example of someone just to think because he thinks it's cool is Michael Bay. Like, I mean, that is his shtick. Or Tarantino cool? for hire. Yes. Uh, well, ta- again, Tarantino is into. Yeah. Well, t- Tarantino is very sort of, uh, sort of postmodern kind of guy, highly self-referential. Um, uh, he's, pro- he's probably an atheist. Um, I'm not sure. But it's like, well, you know, we might all be dying, but we'll have to have fun as we go and make some great sort of self-referential stuff. I mean, Tarantino, well known for making references to really obscure films from the 1980s because, you know, he worked in a video rental store for ages and watched like trillions of films um but um yeah the, the kids doing something is cool i mean the the social justice is bad because it's deliberate in a way uh the other game of thrones is an interesting example um game of thrones gets worse the more sjw it becomes um it it, it, it clearly does i mean uh, now you can say that the books get worse because this but like seasons one to four are really good and then you get five and six, and then the the the, the victory of the women, etc., um, just becomes ridiculous. 
and interestingly, prior to that, Game of Thrones had actually had some of the, some some of the best female characters in stories I've seen. Because in general, female characters are really boring. Um, but uh, so uh, the Game of Thrones has done quite well until they end up in like season five onwards, and then it's just all about strong woman character. Uh, and then of course you have the stupidity of the Battle of Winterfell, which is just so that mouthy like ten year old who's um, some sort of somehow lady because her father died and can go and fight and kill a White Walker, which makes no sense at all in any way. Another one that, although it's interesting, Martin tries to make this work is Brienne of Tarth is actually somebody who is looks like like a woman would have to look if she was going to be a good like knight, but she kind of still beats yeah, the boat. Still Hollywood. Yeah, it, it, it's like no, she really shouldn't be able to beat the hound even if he's vaguely injured. Like no. That's just not. and even like um, she beats Loris and Loris isn't a terrible swordsman, and she beats all the guys in Renly's um, crew. It's like no, that that that's highly dubious. Uh, but these are trained fighters; they're not just like randoms off the street. Um, so yeah, Game of Thrones definitely does go um, d- does end up going worse when it comes to shipping. I, I think they just they. The, the, the focus is not on character or plot. It, it's just theme. And we need to organize it in this way. Let's see. The only way that they can is, is, the, is the way they approach it. Tim, any comments? At all? As a somewhat non-watcher of certain things, I never watched Game of Thrones. So I've, I've gotten either the privilege or the non-privilege of watching that show. So as far as that, I don't know anything about it. Um, as far as the other comments, uh, I'm, I remain, I remain, I remain skeptical to both the SJW and whatever you want to call the sort of critic of the SJW. Insofar as, uh, to me, a lot of debates go back to purpose, and I'm sympathetic to like the sort of Oliver Cromwell sort of reactionary position. Well, well although Oliver Cromwell isn't really a reactionary in a lot of ways anyway, uh, who banned Shakespeare at the time. Um, um, which I guess the Amish are probably more, you know, the people who just don't watch all movie, any culture because they view culture as idolatrous. Uh, I'm very sympathetic to that purpose because if you want to, if you want to, if you want to say that, um, you know, what would be the purpose of other art? It's to glorify God, whether or or and this is what I'm I am sympathetic to sort of the Quentin Tarantino type idea. Uh, well, I, I think I think if if certain metaphysical propositions are true, then that is what art is. It's just pointless. So in that in that regard, I'm much more um, probably than the two of you. But then again, I don't consume as much cultural products um, as you guys do uh, 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 for those probably for those reasons. Um, so then again, I'm immune to that. But I'm well aware that people do watch this and it does affect things. Um, but I don't know what I don't know what exactly what you know if you go back to the what must be done, create better art. Um, that was a sort of Sean Gab line, um, but I'm not really sure what better art uh, looks like uh, because as Kristen Swithin pointed out and Paul Gottfried would agree, a lot of the sort of uh, Christian films written in the same sort of method, um, just with different villains and stuff, um, uh, uh, you know, these conversion story types, they end up having all the same features and bugs. They're just, they're just boring. I can imagine the left-wing podcast making fun of them um, as sort of trash because they probably are uh, 
for that reason. Uh, but those those are my comments. Uh, in, I'm somewhat immune to that, but I view a lot of art as um, somewhat boring ones. I was in a music class uh, once, and I someone asked me, I forget if he asked me, what do I think of it or how I feel? And I, I just answered, I, I feel sort of apathetic toward this. Um, um, uh, and that that was a true that was a true answer. I felt nothing toward it. Um, maybe that's because I'm dead or whatever, or I don't have any appreciation. Uh, but a lot of but but in certain in a strange sense, if if many you know the cultural conservative critics think a lot of modern art is terrible, then actually they should have more sympathetic to the non-cultured people um, who find it boring and terrible. Although in the past, and Thaddeus Russell talks about this. Like, you know, jazz was a sort of you have all this sort of low culture that exists is uh, outside of the sort of formal, you know, vi aristocratic Victorian culture. Um, underneath there was um, a thing that's that that's my cultural uh, theory. I generally agree with, uh, uh, but that's a fairly obscure reference. Um, so those are over my overall my thoughts. Again, I agree that the I mean the ads are terrible. Gillette's razor ad is terrible. Although, although uh, Ryan Long, I do like comedy, for example. And Ryan Long was making fun of that. If, if if the point of the Gillette Razor ad was to get people talking about Gillette, then it actually succeeded in a way. Um, um, it actually succeeded in a way. Uh, there one one of the axioms I was reading a book about terrorism is that all terrorism works if you heard about it. Um, <laughs> um, so like the if the goal was to drive clicks, then Gillette is correct. Um, to do that. Uh, 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 same with the New York Times. It's drolls to get conservatives to hate read it or libertarians to hate read it. Then a lot of their headlines actually make sense. So may maybe that's the purpose of some of this stuff. Um, um, you know, all of it's all out profit um, and selling and selling more terrible comic books. But that's my rants. Um, that's my rants. I agree with you that it's terrible, but what to do about it? I don't have a clear solution. Uh, want, may I go? Yeah, 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 go. Okay. Uh, one, I, I actually kind of agree with you. Or I, I do 100% agree with you. Uh, one of the more annoying things about, like, uh, radical terrorist kind of groups, uh, even back in, like, the 60s or whatever, when they talked about tactics, all it is is to get known and heard. And when you do that, you know, that's that's part of, like, their tactic and worldview. Uh, it's annoying. Uh but uh, that that is how they think too. I would also just to maybe hopefully get get a little maybe contradiction on you here is or uh, argument here is one can be you know have no aesthetic uh, appreciate you, you know one could have very low sense of aesthetics or what have you as I would argue and it's it's just but you should it's as in one might not be very good at math such as myself. But one should at least, even if you don't like it or you're you're really bad at it, you should at least respect that it is part of a general uh, formation of a of a person. Uh, that's all, Swithin. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I think that's uh, fair. Oh, one thing just before we get towards the end, um, I, I I thought it was worth mentioning with the SJW types is um, they seem very much concerned about taking well loved series. And then doing stuff that the, the the people who like them in such a way that they would hate them. Um, do, do you think this is a fair uh, statement, uh, Don? And if so, why do you think they do it? Yeah, I, I think that's a very fair statement because I think it's 
again, like at the end of the day, they are creatively bankrupt. They are, it, it is we didn't we didn't actually explicitly talk about this, which we have in its past. Is at the end, it's it's not a it's not ultimately constructive. It is something that is deconstructive with you know therefore and then therefore utopia once you get rid of you know family religion etc um so that's part of it as well as again just the mindset that this stuff is utilitarian we can take that over uh we don't care about narratives anyway so we'll just prop up a, a black transsexual lesbian to write it because you have to like that and uh therefore you know in, enjoy your cake you peasants and i think that's about where we're uh, where we're at with that. It's 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 a vulture on uh, what has come before it, and it, it almost necessarily has to be so because they they you know as you said like the, the if you're a left wing elite like a real critic it's it's you're pretty much a, a party member and when you're doing your real stuff it's very abstract and they really get into that. And then the, the stuff that they have to talk to to people is going to be whatever is consumed in pop culture. And you might be getting something in the middle right now, again, with like your typical Netflix show where everybody's ironic and humorous and it, it, not really funny. But, you know, it's like just SJW kind of humor. But like that might be kind of the middle ground now. But I, I think that's where we're at with that. What, what about you, Swithin? Um I, I, I do think there is that sort of... Uh a sense of more happy-go-lucky um, post sort of modernistic uh, irony uh, around um, but um, we still do seem to be going down the sort of the deconstructive SJW stuff I mean just to clarify say with that leftists have always sort of defined themselves what they're against and when they were against an established order there was things you could critique and you know maybe some fair points I, I would sort of be more um, sympathetic on the economics and the social stuff primarily um but you know with dickens established order that's fine you know you can critique the, the priest or a certain character it's fine but then once they've kind of like disappeared and it's like okay who else can we be against and then who they're against becomes even more abstract and then it becomes all men uh and uh all white men and you know it, it just becomes what they're against and and i think as well with the picking up of the um favored um sort of characters or whatever from other shows uh, is they want to just deconstruct them. It's like everyone is everyone is is guilty, and we must sort of deconstruct them. Uh, oh, while we were talking earlier, I reminded us probably one of the quintessential sort of SJW stories was actually from the 1980s. Um, I think it's 1980s. The Color Purple, which is just atrocious, <laughs> is just like another level of bad from like the mid early 1980s. Steven Spielberg. Uh, Handmaid's Tale too, or no? Possibly, um, possibly the adaptation. Um, although the book I hear is more nuanced than the um, than what the TV thing does. So I'm interested. But Pete Hitchens claims that Handmaid's Tale, in the book form, is actually a hidden critique of Islam uh, rather than Christianity. But of course, the uh, the the um, TV version is very much no, no, no. It is, it is Christian patriarchy is bad kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, the color purple, like the only good characters are black females, I think. Even the black men are terrible. So and the white character, phew, white character, bad in that. It is just horrendous. And it's really schmaltzy. It's really schmaltzy. And uh, I think that's what you get with the SJWs. They're utopians in a way that some people like um, Bergman 
uh, Woody Allen, it simply aren't. And I think that's one aspect of it, I think, is why the more pessimistic leftists make better stuff to some extent is because they can re, um, reflect on things that are actually true in reality and reflect that in their work. Whereas the utopian SJW is like, no, no, we can remake the world in our image and it will all be great. Uh, and I think that's one of the differences between those two. Pessimists, of add, course, more complex, yeah. I want to add one final comment. Uh, this, the We just did an episode me three weeks ago, you know, the, as McIntyre, sort of my favorite cultural theorist, um, would say that pessimistic Marxists are just not Marxists at all because they don't believe in progress. Um, um, so, so, and Zizak was complaining about, you know, what would happen after V Vendetta? There's no solution. Uh, so, and no one has a plan. Um, and, and Roger Scruton was saying this too, that, you know, they love to deconstruct the negative energy of critique, but they don't have any sort of positive plan. Like they, they say the family's terrible, um, but they don't really have a sort of social mechanism to replace it with friends. But then again, they also view, you know, friends as they, all, they also have come up with problems with friends and so forth. Um, um, so, so I hope they I hope they keep making worse art. That that would be my goal. Is they should just they should just um, uh, keep making worse art. I, I I think Napoleon. Whether or not there's a lot of Napoleonisms out there, but I, I like some of them. One of the Napoleon quotes is, "When your enemy is making a mistake, don't 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 remind them or don't tell them." Um, so yeah, just keep making bad art. Um, that that's that would be my and, and of course don't watch it. If, if, you, if you find it to be bad, that would be my view. Again, I know you can't entirely insulate yourself from your culture. I get that. I get that. And I, and I do I do think you should be aware of it. Um, but then again, I could also I could also ask is, you know, does I could also ask more obscene type of questions like, you know, do you do to be culturally aware? Do you have to watch certain things or do you have to, you know, uh, <laughs> do, you, do you have to like, you know, go out and do more watch some more obscene things? That would be sort of my critique of of the question you asked me with respect to art, uh, 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 Don. But I, I enjoyed this conversation, don't get me wrong, um, and I'm, I appreciate doing it. And I do agree broadly with your sort of empirical definitions you've defined of stuff here. Uh, I didn't even watch the recent Star Wars movie either. Don, any final comments? Uh, yeah, I, uh, just real quick because it was just in the back of my head the whole time i don't uh i i do think i because tim just mentioned him zizek i think would call the sjw at a core ultimately something like a neoliberal uh and that's probably even though they are very much married into uh like revolutionary propaganda i don't think they're like I don't think they're like full on communists and, or even anarchists in any sense of the way. They're just they're almost reacting. We'll just follow whatever progressive cause or ultimate progressives, I guess, whatever that might be at the moment. Um, and uh, no, I think that's my uh, that's my final co comment. Good talk, guys. Really enjoyed it. Thanks for joining us again, Don. Uh, now, I'd just like to thank everyone for listening. If you've enjoyed the show, please uh, share it with your friends and family and subscribe to us. On Podbean and on YouTube, the more subscribers we get, the higher we get in the search rankings and the more people can access this material. And if you'd like to contact the show for any reason, please contact us at mindscrimelibertyshow at gmail.com. That's mindscrimelibertyshow at gmail.com. mindscrimelibertyshow at gmail.com. Mindscrimelibertyshow at gmail.com.